0: Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You, and happy new year to you. We're beginning a brand new year. And Israel and You is a ministry of Israel Team Advocates International, and our work is mainly on college campuses where we were seeing this huge decline of support for Israel and the Jewish people. Even on evangelical college campuses, this is happening. So, thank you for your investment in our work this coming year, 2022. And so, today in the program, I'm, I'm going to give you a principle uh, to live by for this year. And it's a principle that I learned many years ago. And the principle comes from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 8. And it says this, Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. And so I want to talk to you about this divine principle it's called, and I call it, stay in your lane. And it's a lesson I learned from driver's ed my first time on the freeway I began to veer closer and closer into the other lane because I was afraid of the oncoming car in the opposite lane. I was afraid it was going to hit the car. And so I was focused on the car in the opposite lane. And my My knuckles were white and my instructor spoke out just in time. And he said, Aaron, don't look at the oncoming car. You'll drive toward it. Just look at your lane, concentrate on your lane, and stay in your lane. Professional swimmers know this. They know that concentrating on their opponent's swim will cause them to slow their pace. They just focus on their own lane and their own technique. And as it is in driving, as it is in swimming, you'll do much better in life if you simply stay in your lane. So this is a word for 2022. Say it with me, in 2022, I'm going to stay in my lane. Just be content with your calling, focus on your purpose, take care of your business and not anyone else's business. And we live in an age of multitasking and networking and people are just constantly shifting lanes, cutting in and out. And I want to give you three biblical examples of three people in the Bible who got out of their lane. And the first is John the Baptist. And you can read this story in John chapter 1 verse 6 through 8. And then all the way through verse uh, 19 through 23. John's ministry was that of a witness, to bear witness of the Christ. John had a wilderness ministry, uh, a voice of one crying in the wilderness. John had a baptizing ministry, he who sent me uh, sent me to baptize with water. Uh, John saw the Spirit descend upon. Jesus uh, as a dove and and the, God spoke to John says whoever you see the the spirit descend on like a dove That's that's the Messiah. So John the Baptist had a witnessing ministry He was called to a wilderness ministry and he was called to a baptizing ministry John also had a ministry of decrease He said he speaking of Jesus must increase and I must decrease and People came out to John in the wilderness of the Jordan a baptism of repentance, he was preparing the way for the Messiah. And when Christ came on the scene, John moved into a new season of his ministry. It was a ministry of decrease. How would you feel if the Lord called you to the wilderness uh, to wear a camel's hair and eat locusts and wild honey? You might say to John, John, what's your ministry? Oh, me, I'm the director of Decrease Ministry International. He is called to increase, I'm called to decrease. My ministry is a declining ministry. God has called me to become smaller and smaller so that Jesus can become greater and greater. Where's your ministry headquarters, John? Well, it's in the back 40 out in the wilderness. What's your office attire, John? Well, camel's hair. What, what restaurants do you eat in? Well, I, I don't really eat in restaurants. I, I just eat locusts and uh, they're dipped in wild honey. What if God called you to a life of preparing the way someone else's ministry? Would you stay in your lane? Would you be comfortable in the lane of decrease? Or would you try to get out into the fast lane? So this was John the Baptist lane, a ministry of preparation and witness, a wilderness ministry, a baptizing ministry, a decreasing ministry. That was his lane. That was his calling. The question is, did John the Baptist stay in his lane? Well, you can pick this up in Matthew chapter 11, verse two through six, and John's in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus and he asks this question, are you the one or should we look for someone else? Imagine that, are you the one or should we look for someone else? And Jesus said, go and tell John, the gospel's being preached to the poor and blessed is he who's not offended on account of me. And remember, God had told John, the, the one in, on whom the dove descends, that's the Messiah. And so now John is saying, are you the one or should we look for someone else? I mean, how much more clear can God get? But John is, he's getting out of his lane and he asks the Lord, are you the one or should we look for someone else? So was it envy? Was it jealousy? Was it pride? Jesus said he, it was offense, So perhaps it was envy, perhaps it was jealousy, perhaps it was pride. But more than this, I think it was impatience. Hey, I'm here decreasing. What are you doing? It was an impatient uh, offense at the Lord. You're supposed to be increasing, establishing God's kingdom in Israel. You're not supposed to be going around preaching to the poor. So John became impatient and offended. So he got out of his lane. And the big question is, why was John in prison to begin with? And in Matthew chapter 14, we read that King Herod is in Jerusalem. He takes his brother Philip's uh, wife, Herodias, and John goes to Jerusalem, the big city, to confront Herod. And so Herod puts him in prison. And what was John doing in Jerusalem confronting the king? He was way out of his lane. He was called to be in the wilderness He was called to prepare the way for the Lord. He had a baptizing ministry and a decreasing ministry. He was out of his calling and out of his purpose, and he changed lanes. And Herodias' daughter danced before Herod, and Herod promised her with an oath, whatever you want is yours. And she said, here's what I want. I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. So John lost his head because he got out of his lane. And I believe John died a premature death. If he would have stayed in his lane, God would eventually broaden his purpose. Think of the blessing he would have been to the entire body of Christ, to the church. Wherever God has called you, that's the place of your fulfillment. Stay in your lane. Don't worry what others are doing. If you're concentrating on others like John did, you'll have a head-on collision. There's a great scripture in Romans chapter 9, verse 20 through 21. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing form say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay? Form the same lump to make on vessels for honor and others for dishonor. What if God called you to do something seemingly small and insignificant? David, his purpose really was to be a giant killer, but God called him to be a shepherd. And as a shepherd, you can see how God progresses and broadens his sphere of influence. He says, I I killed a bear, I killed a lion, and then David kills a giant. He rules over uh, Judah and then Israel and then the Psalms that he wrote even today are blessing to the entire world. So David was a giant killer, but he was placed on a hillside to tend sheep. And then his father said to him, "David, take this cheese and bread down to the battlefield to your brothers." So he gets down to the battlefield and he sees this giant inflicting fear on the armies of Israel, and he said, "Who will take down this this uncircumcised gentile, this giant, this Philistine?" And so he goes before Saul, and David says, I can take him out. And Saul puts his armor on David, and David said, I I can't go in this armor. It's not my lane. You see, Saul, I'm not a gladiator. Saul was trying to make David into a gladiator. And in those days, there were three types of warriors there were gladiators, and uh, Goliath was a gladiator. He had on all the armor, he had uh, a spear. And he had a young man that went before him uh, with a shield. And um, there was the cavalry, there was gladiators, and then there were slingers. And they were the ones with the slingshots. And David was not a gladiator. He was not one who rode on horseback. He was a slinger. And so Saul was trying to make him into a gladiator. And he said to Saul, I, I can't go in these. It's, it's not my lane. You see, Saul, I'm a slinger. Um, it's my gifting. I want to stay in my lane and my gifting as a slinger. And it's interesting. The greatest threat to the gladiators was not another gladiator. The greatest threat to a gladiator was a slinger because a slinger could sling a rock uh, with a precision of a 45 caliber pistol or a rifle. So David knew that the, the bigger they are, the harder they're going to fall. David, when he went onto that battlefield, knew precisely that he would take down that giant. And so <clears throat> Paul said, if the whole body were a hand, where would the sense of smell be? So each one of us in, in the body of Christ, we are called to do different things. We, we have been given different giftings. So God knew that John the Baptist was a humble man and he could handle a ministry of decrease in the wilderness. But John the Baptist had a head-on collision Because he got out of his lane, he was discontent with his calling, maybe a little jealous, maybe envy, maybe impatience. Jesus said, don't be offended on account of me. Be content where God has you today. Be faithful in what you were responsible to do, and God will broaden your sphere of influence. You see, David, he was responsible to be a shepherd, and when his father said, take this bread and cheese and bring it down to your brothers in the battlefield, David could have said, you know, I'm a giant killer at heart. I'm gonna run to the battlefield and neglect what my responsibilities are, but the Bible says that David Turned the sheep over to the shepherd. When he got to the battlefield, he gave the bread and the cheese to the keeper of supplies. So David took care of what he was responsible to do, and as a result, God broadened his sphere of influence and brought him into his true calling and made him into a giant killer. So the first person that we see that got out of their lane was John the Baptist, and it was because they became discontent with their calling the second person we'll see in the scripture that got out of their lane this man shifted lanes not because of discontentment but because of enablement and many people today enable others they try to meet the needs that they were not called to meet needs and emergencies always tend to pull them out of their lane they're moving along nicely Uh, They're doing well. They're happy and content in their lane. And suddenly, someone two lanes over, going in the opposite direction from where God has called them, they ask for their help, and because of a need of acceptance and a need to be liked and appreciated, they can't say no. And before you know it, they've shifted lanes, and they missed their purpose. And the next story is one person who was swayed by another's problems and left his calling— And was never heard of again. And the story is of Barnabas. And you can read his story in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. The Holy Spirit sets aside uh, Barnabas and Paul for the work of the ministry. And they laid hands on them and they sent them out. And Paul needed Barnabas. Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. But later in their ministry together, it was broken up. They had a sharp disagreement in Acts chapter 16 because Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. But John Mark had walked away from a previous missionary journey and went back home. And Paul said, I'm Not going to take that young man this time. And uh, he failed before, he's not ready, but they have a sharp disagreement. And history teaches us it's quite possible that. John Mark was the nephew of Barnabas. And so Barnabas may have been thinking, what's my family going to think if I don't take this young man with me? And uh, so he was enabling young John Mark. Later, Mark matured and was restored, yes. But think of how much further Paul could have gone uh, if Barnabas would have stayed in his life as a covering. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue on this Word for 2022, and the word is this stay in your lane. Don't veer off from your purpose in this coming year, stay in your lane and uh, you'll accomplish so much more rather than shifting lanes. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. Israel Team is a non-profit organization that advocates for the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Our work is mainly on evangelical college campuses where we're seeing a growing tide of anti-Israelism and anti-Semitism. The social justice movement is falsely proclaiming that Israel is violating the human rights of its neighbors. As well, critical race theory now being taught on evangelical institutions proclaims that jewish people are white colonial settlers who have settled in a land that does not belong to them this of course is untrue 55 percent of israelis are non-white there are quarter million ethiopian jews living in israel and over one million arabs call israel home according to the fbi the There has been a 350% increase of anti-Semitic incidents in the last two years. As well, 70% of evangelical young people hold to a negative view of Israel. If this trend goes unchallenged, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel within 10 years. Israel Team needs your help. We are building centers for understanding, anti-Semitism, and the rebirth of Israel on evangelical college and seminary campuses. We do presentations about how the Nazis took over college campuses in order to brainwash the minds of young German Christians. We're building bridges of understanding through our nights to Honor the Jewish people in churches nationwide. Will you help Israel Team stand in the gap to fight the scourge of anti-Semitism? Israel Team has received a matching grant and every dollar you give to help us build a bridge for the The next generation will be matched by January 1st, 2022. You can donate today by going to our donate page at israelteam.org. And for your donation, we'll send you our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism, and What Can Be Done to Stop It. Be sure to leave your mailing address in the comment section so that we can mail the book out to you. Help us meet this matching grant by going to our donate section at israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel In You. Bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And we're looking at this wonderful principle. I call it stay in your lane. We first looked at John the Baptist who got out of his lane because he was discontent with his calling. And right now we're looking at Barnabas who got out of his lane because of the need to enable others. And I want to tell you that you have a purpose for which you were made. And every day I see well-meaning godly believers to- tossing their purpose aside because they would rather be loved and accepted by everyone so they clutter their calling with tasks they're not equipped to handle in order to cause others to appreciate them. They they can't say no. It's called codependency. Does not mean you can't help other people, just don't leave your lane pull over and offer assistance, but get right back into your purpose. You see, Barnabas never recovered from shifting lanes. The greatest disciple in the New Testament, I believe, was Barnabas, but we never hear of him again after this event in Acts 16. And Jesus, he never got out of his lane to enable others. Remember that uh, his brothers came to him and said, Go up to the feast and show them the miracles that you do. And Jesus said, For you, any time is right, but my time has not yet come. He refused to enable them. Um, Then uh, Lazarus dies, and Mary and Martha said to him, If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus never enabled others. He never ventured from his lane, and he was never manipulated out of his lane. Remember, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, I've got two boys and I want a little favor when you come into your kingdom can one sit on your right and the other on your left. And what did Jesus say? No. So the first way we can get out of our lane is through discontentment with our calling. The second is through codependency and an unhealthy need to enable others. And there's a third example of a person who got out of their lane wasn't through discontent with God's purpose in their life, it wasn't through an unhealthy need to enable others, it was through discouragement and mental fatigue. And it comes from 1 Kings seventeen one, where Elijah, he prophesies that there'll be neither dew nor rain on the earth, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. So King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, she's killing the prophets, and they're setting up idols to worship Baal, and uh, there's 400 prophets of Baal, and Elijah was called to bring down Jezebel that was his calling and on Mount Carmel he brings he calls down fire from heaven and the 400 prophets of Baal are put to death and after that um, Elijah begins to fear and he runs from Jezebel he says I'm the only one left and he ends up in a cave and God speaks to him and says Elijah what are you doing here you're out of your calling So to speak, you're out of your lane. And so he anoints a a new king. And then he anointed, this is what Elijah was called to do. God said to him, do this, anoint a new king and then anoint Elijah in your place. And then Elijah has a double portion of the miracles of Elijah. And I firmly believe that there are people today that leave their place of inheritance, their calling and their purpose because they've been bumped out like bumper cars. They've been bumped out of their lane. It's going nicely. And then fatigue from spiritual warfare sets in mental stress, maybe some condemnation. And they conclude that they're not called anymore. The enemy is threatened by their progress and he sends a dislodging spirit to push them out of their lane and, God says to Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I believe one of the greatest demonic forces we're contending with today is a dislodging spirit. Job 1.7 says, and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro, from wandering on the earth and from walking back and forth, on it Daniel 12:4 says but you Daniel shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end and at that time many will run to and fro and I sincerely believe that the enemy's last days onslaught against God's people will be to move them out of their secure place of inheritance people wandering to and fro and Uh, that he'll use any means possible a covenant breaking spirit to dislodge you from the covenants you've made with god tempting you with iniquity so that you lose your inheritance. Proverbs 21 16 says a man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Proverbs 27 8 says like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who leaves his place. Jeremiah 18:15 says because my people have forgotten me they have Burned incense to worthless idols, and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on the highway. A dislodging spirit wants to move you to the shoulder of the road, off the main highway. And so God says to Elijah, What are you doing here on the shoulder of the road, Elijah? How does Satan attack you with a dislodging spirit? He often uses people close to you that will attack and condemn you. A person that's bound by a dislodging, hateful spirit will start condemning and accusing you. And we see this in the story of uh, Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab wanted a vineyard owned by Naboth. And he was pouting, and his wife comes in the house and says, why are you so downcast? And he said, that Naboth, he won't give me his vineyard. And so it's interesting. She goes after him, brings condemnation, false accusations. And interestingly, Ahab and Jezebel killed the prophets of God. They led Israel astray to worship Baal, but when they dislodged Naboth from his inheritance, the judgment of God fell upon Ahab and Jezebel. And so David, the king said in Psalm thirteen three, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. So this dislodging spirit wants to move you from your place of inheritance. And so David prays, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. David knew that there were demonic forces at work to move him from his place. So he's continually praying for protection, continually proclaiming, I shall not be moved. And that would be a a great proclamation for you as you begin 2022. I shall not be moved. I will not be taken out of the inheritance that God has for me. I will not be moved out of the lane of my purpose. So let me tell you, the same dislodging spirit that tried to steal the vineyard from Naboth uh, is moving today, back and forth, shifting lanes. It's a wandering spirit. It sees your peace. These demonic forces, they see your place of inheritance and there are covenant breaking spirits and they want to move you from your lane. Uh, Today there is this covenant breaking spirit. A man sees another man's wife and he'll try to break up that marriage. A woman sees another man's husband, tries to break up that covenant marriage. In business we see that where someone comes against their employer and they covet their boss's job and try to take his customers and you can spiritualize that all you want you could say well you know it's it's, it's part of my inheritance but you're being used to dislodge another from their inheritance And you've gotten out of your lane. And I've never seen a person who has spoken out against another person's inheritance go very long without reaping a whirlwind of catastrophe. Proverbs 24, verse 15 through 16 says, Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder the resting place, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. We need... Discernment like never before. Proverbs twenty four twenty one says, "Do not associate with those given to change." Uh, it's the power of influence. We don't want to be unequally yoked with unbelievers that are given to change. A, a person that does not fear God or His authority. Proverbs twenty two verse twenty eight says, "Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Stay in your laid Don't be swayed." It's proclaiming in Proverbs twenty two verse twenty eight. Don't allow restlessness to move you from your place of inheritance, Here's a scripture in Numbers 36, 7, I love. So the inheritance of the children of Israel shall not change hands from tribe to tribe. For every one of the children of Israel shall keep the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. So I proclaim to you today as you begin 2022, keep your inheritance, fight for your inheritance. Don't allow a dislodging spirit to move you away from your inheritance. How many would like to stop moving, never be uprooted from your inheritance again? There's a key scripture in Isaiah 32, verse 17 through 18. The work of the righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in a secure dwelling and in quiet resting places. And so I proclaim over you as we begin a new year and, and uh, Israel team proclaims over you today that you will dwell in quiet resting places this year. You will not be moved from the place of your inheritance and you shall proclaim with David all through this year, I shall not be moved. And so stay in your calling this year, stay in the purpose for which God has you. Thank you for standing with us in Israel team. God bless you. Look forward to this year.